Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Week 11 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And, Kenny, we are in the last week of the regular season playoffs start next week. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a fun time of year. I hate to see that, you know, we're, I guess, more than halfway through the season, but a lot of interesting things happen. Realignment numbers are coming out, yep. uh, the school numbers, uh, playoff matchups are starting to kind of become a little bit clear, a lot of predictions out there, so... It's exciting. This is my favorite time of year when yeah, the playoffs start. I, I agree as well. And again, I know, I know we're not a baseball podcast, but I, I just, I have to say, I have yeah. to get this off my chest. So we're we're recording this kind of a CTFP after dark here. It's eleven thirty at night, and we're just coming off the Rangers' first World Series victory ever, as they won it five nothing over the Diamondbacks tonight. And I just got to say, Kenny, as a as a lifelong fan, I've probably been to more Ranger games you know, than any other professional sporting event combined. And I know you've watched them since you were a kid as well. I mean, it's it's still kind of surreal. It still really hasn't fully set in. But for all, for all of our listeners that are Ranger fans out there, just soak it in. This is an awesome moment. Yeah, it's fun, man. I remember being a kid and, uh, you know, Scott Fletcher and Steve Bouchelle mm-hmm. and Pete O'Brien and Ruben Sierra was my all-time favorite. Uh, yeah, it's great to uh, watch that and, and see it unfold, you know, and, I just like the range of emotions that you go through when you're in these mm-hmm. worlds, you know, when you're, your team's in the World Series and you don't think any lead is safe and you're yep. always worried. But, man, what a, what a what a big time deal. It was awesome. And, and I grew up around the, the, the last time they made the World Series, guys like David Murphy and Mike Napoli, Ian Kinsler, oh, yeah. Beltre. You Josh know, it's Hamilton. You know. Hamilton, yeah. Uh, Elvis Andrews, Colby Lewis, you know, guys like that. And it, it's, it's kind of cool just to see – this first because they were one of six franchises in major league baseball and the longest tenured of the of the six teams at the time that hadn't won a world series yet this franchise dates back to 1961 when they were the washington senators so that's really awesome to see them get their first world you championship. probably don't remember the late 90s when they were in there with rafi oh, I wasn't and, even born yet. and all them i yeah. wasn't born until 2000 oh, that so was, that was good too but you know we mm-hmm. got sweat what two or three years in a row by the yankees, the yankees so. and johnny oates was coaching those teams yeah. i do know that he's one of the Juan Gonzalez, man, he's, mm-hmm. he's Juan, Juan and Pudge, to my and Rafi, just you know, Julio, well, Julio Franco wasn't on those teams, but yeah, those are those are good teams. But unfortunately, they ran into a buzz saw that yeah. was the New York Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. But soak it in, our Rangers fans out there. Um, first World Series championship in franchise history, pretty cool feeling. But now let's jump into our main topic on the Central Texas Football Podcast, and that is uh, let's start with our actually with our Matt Step question of the week. Uh, our question to Matt Step to this week was to just talk about a team that we haven't talked about much uh, with the Waco Midway Panthers uh, getting a huge victory last week over Pflugerville Weiss and we just asked Matt Stepp what were his thoughts on uh, where the team was at and Matt Stepp's answer was an unbelievable run for Midway and interim coach Martinez uh, taking over under very difficult circumstances uh, which is why I felt he was deserving of statewide coach of the week honors they've made some personnel changes that have seemed to help them that seems to have helped and they're playing very well the playoff path is tough but they should be the top seed in division one which gives them a winnable first round game against Waxahachie but anything past round one and 6 AD one is a major challenge and that's a yeah that's a matched up uh, question of the week great answer but again you look at this midway team 
and their body of work since Shane Anderson had to resign for to attain to take care of a personal matter. In interim, the coach Coach Martinez does an unbelievable job, and that was their last week their victory over Pflugerville Weiss, a team that was previously undefeated. They were eight and zero going to that game and winning by you know a considerable margin. Their their closest game in in district play was a three point win versus Temple at home. And aside from that, they beat Harker Heights by thirty eight. They beat Coppers Cove by forty two, and then they beat Bryan by twenty nine. And then playing at Midway, which is a team, arguably maybe the hottest team in the entire state right now, just just the run they've been going on. They started the season 0-4, lost five of their first six games, and have since then they finished the regular season with four straight wins to secure that top seed in, in the 6A Division One playoffs out of their district. It just unbelievable run there for Midway. Just the the amount of hurdles they've had to jump over this year for them to be in the position that they're at, especially with how emphatic that victory was over Weiss last week. Very very impressive for the Midway Panthers. Yeah, and, and you look at last year, very disappointing season. I think the last two years, and and a lot of people, and rightly so, talk about Ty Brown and Jackson mm-hmm. Baird, and and what a great combo that is, Ty Brown's. One of the top QBs in the area is a, is a true dual threat guy. But if you look at their defense, you know, last three games, uh, you know, 21 points against – give up Coppers Cove, 21 at Bryan, and held a good, a very good wise team to 17. So, that defense is starting to find its uh, its, its groove. And, and, you know, of course, the offense is, is churning out points. So, yeah, you know, that first-round matchup with Waxahachie, it looks like. And then, uh, you know, once you get into the playoffs, who, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, especially with a team, it's – and again, going back to the Rangers, it's just kind of getting hot at the right time. You know, this final stretch of the regular season, midway rattling off four straight wins against – this isn't an easy district. You know, this is a very storied district with a lot of great teams like Temple, like Bryan and Pflugerville Weiss. You know, Pflugerville Weiss still kind of a newer program uh, on the rise. But, again, they were 8-0 going to that game and to lose by 24 for their first loss against a team that started at 0-4 midway. Just an unbelievable run so far by the Midway Panthers and you're right Kenny you know once the hardest thing about the playoffs is getting in and once you get in there who knows what can happen especially in class 6a so uh, congratulations to the Midway Panthers for their turnaround as they uh, defeat the previously unbeaten Pflugerville Weiss Wolves 41-17 another score from last week how about Connolly 22 16 winners over Madisonville and Connolly, uh, we'll talk about their their Week Eleven matchup later in the show, but this could very well set them up for an undefeated district championship right here. Yeah, and man, what a great game they had against Madisonville. You know, the last second uh, long pass uh, down mm-hmm. the sideline, guy got it to the one, and then put in Kobe Black at quarterback. And, and, and he finished it off. And another thing is, is uh, Kiefer Sibley, he got hurt in the first quarter of that yep. game. And I looked at his stats. You know, he, he didn't play a full quarter, and he was 7 for 70. So <laughs> you, you kind of think that probably might not have been that close of a game if he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to be ready for uh, Robinson this week or not. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good win for the, for a Conley squad that can gut it out, you know, and, uh, and uh, didn't, you know uh, – not always the case, I think. Yeah. You know, when they get punched in the mouth, they may not always get back up. But, man, what a good uh, good win for Coach Garrick and, and his guys. And uh, 
it'll be interesting, you know, how the playoffs all line up here. You know, I think they're primed for a run. You know, we've thought mm-hmm. that before, so we'll have to see. Yeah, and we'll talk about more of their about their potential first-round playoff matchups here in a little bit. And then we'll jump down to Class 3A, a result from last week. Grandview 40, uh, Whitney 32. Now, you saw bits and pieces of this game. What did you see? Yeah, well, you know, as Grandview kind of got out to a two-score lead and Whitney would catch up, then Grandview would, you know, get back out to a two-score lead. You know, Grandview is just Grandview. You know, they're mm-hmm. a very athletic team. They got some, you know, some good, really good wide receivers over there. Their, their defensive and offensive line plays well. And, you know, I just think, it, you know, for Whitney, uh, you're going to have to do something about your secondary. It, you mm-hmm. know, if you go into a, a district championship type game, which it was, you know, you just can't have guys running wide open in your secondary. And that's something that Coach Haynes and them have to look at. And, you know, I don't know if that's scheme, if that's missed assignments or, or just – Grandview had a hell of a play drawn up, and, and Whitney wasn't expecting it. But, you know, it's just you're going to have to work on that if you expect to be successful in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So Grandview with that victory secures uh, an undefeated district championship. I think I, – I don't, I don't – I'm not sure if that was their last game of the regular season no, or I not. I think they Pro- got one more. They probably have one more. They've already played – It's they probably Madison. Dallas Madison. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, they've they've gone through – probably the you know top half of this top heavy district as well so uh that's they should secure that win at madison this week uh to finish the regular season nine and one uh which will probably set them up with the number one seed obviously and you know with that number four seed with two through four in district eight it's you know there's some big games in week 11 that which which we will get to here in a second so they, they could probably be looking at either playing it could really be any of the three between Teague, Mahay, and Fairfield that Granby could see in the first round with that four spot because there, there's a big big game with seeding implications in District 8 that we'll talk about here in a second with Fairfield and Teague. Uh, but let's look at our last game for the, for the Week 10 recap. How about an unbelievable dominant defensive performance for Riesel? 13 nothing. They win over Crawford. I mean, just what a performance by this Indian defense. Yeah, it's kind of their MO of the year. Play mm-hmm. good defense, uh, you know, control the clock, muddy the waters a little bit, run the – you know, just kind of grind it out and uh, – you know, Crawford's not who they have been. Uh, I, you know, if I'm if I'm Axtell, I don't know that I want to see Crawford in the first round. But uh, you know, I don't think I want to see Riesel either or Marlin. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a it's kind of a deep district. I don't yeah. know that any of them are going to be favored over Toler. It may not be favored over Coleman. But uh, you know, that region too that in a you know D one or two A is that's that's a pretty good region. There's, there's going to be some you know. I don't, you know, I think like we said, Toler is the favorite, but I think there's going to be some great matchups in there, so that, that'll be a one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely, a great victory for the Indians. They're thirteen nothing winners over the Crawford Pirates. It's it's probably been a while since they've beaten Crawford as well. I didn't really you know, take too too deep of a dive in their yeah history I between it's each been other. A long time, it's probably yeah. been a while, but especially to shut them out as well. Great victory for the for the Indians. Coach Little getting things done over there in yes, Roswell. So thirteen nothing. They beat Crawford and 
That is the well. I know there's one more game we wanted to talk about as well. Rogers gets a big win over Lexington as well. I think 42-14 was the final there. Yeah, yeah. Coach uh, Charlie Roten over there, man, yep. doing a good job. Kind of started off a little slow, but you know, another team that's kind of on a roll heading in the playoffs, and you know, no telling what could happen. Yeah, absolutely. So that is our Week Ten recap. Now let's jump into our Week Eleven preview. And one of the uh, aforementioned teams, the Connolly Cadets, at six and three, coming off their big district win, uh, 22-16 over Madisonville will travel over to Robinson to take on the five and four Robinson Rockets and again with with that win that Connolly had over Madisonville last week if they're able to get this win at Robinson this week they will clinch an outright district title and you know that they've they've done a really good job in in this district play to earn that spot and and with Robinson they're kind of a team that's sort of on a tailspin they start off really strong at four and one but ever since then they've lost three of their last four games uh, dating back to their last uh, regular or last pre-district matchup and then all their district matchups as well their only district victory was a 28-16 win over Salado but they have a chance to really shake things up in district you know they're playing at home but this Connolly team's kind of on a roll even with even without Kiefer Sibley, I think Connolly will probably take this one pretty handily. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a, a big question. But yeah, and I agree. I think that just Robinson, I just don't think they can match up talent-wise yeah. with uh, Connolly. And I think the big key other than that for Robinson is kind of survive that early onslaught that Connolly, you know, they're just so quick and, and, and high you know they're going to score quick and they're going to they can break a big play at any second and you try to limit those big plays I don't know that Chris Lancaster's squad's ready for that yet I know mm-hmm. they played some really good defensive games this year but they haven't yeah. seen anybody like Conley and they're still a young team too they have a lot of sophomores and juniors on that rocket team so just getting primed and getting into the playoffs and playing these tough district games like this could set them up for great success next year. I think I think they're right, especially with their first year under Chris, Chris Lancaster. I think they're a year bef- behind, but I think the experience they're getting this year, the lumps they're taking, it's going to set them up. I think they're going to be a team to watch next year for yeah, and, sure. Yeah, you might have brought it up, uh, but you know they, that game last week, an uh, overtime loss to Gatesville, yep. you know, what a heartbreaker. But uh they're, you know, they're lined up for a, a first-round matchup with Quero, so yeah, it's exactly. not going to get any easier for them. To I was going to bring that up. That's what that's what Robinson's really. That's what they're fighting for in this game to take a higher seed and avoid playing Quero because Quero, the number four team in four division two, is unbeaten and they've been dominating pretty much everybody in that one. So Robinson really, really, pretty much just fighting to avoid a first-round drumming by Quero. But with Connolly, if things shake out right and they win this game and take the number one seed. They'll they'll probably either be matched up with either Giddings or Lagrange because those two teams have already played each other. But I think it was Lagrange that has the uh, the tiebreaker over Giddings. I think Giddings has a, a their their matchup in district this week kind of determines whether they take the three or four seed. So we'll keep an eye on that one as well. So yeah, the Connolly over Robinson. We both have Connolly in this one. Now let's jump back down. In that region though, real quick. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you look at the third round, you could have a Connolly Quero matchup. Oh my goodness. And a Silsby Belleville matchup. <sighs> That Silsby Belleville could be a, a state championship game on that side that's of the just bracket. Projections, but yeah, that's uh, that's that'd be pretty bad. That'd be awesome. I mean, you're right, man. This is the most exciting time of the year, right before the playoffs start. Once we get everything situated by the end of Friday or Saturday night, maybe some some games could be carried over uh, to Saturday night as well. But once we get 
my, my favorite thing is watching like the bracketology videos from Dave Campbell's, oh, just yeah. getting seeing all the breakdowns from that. It's really really cool, really really awesome. The start of the playoffs because it's it's a it's a big tournament. It's sixty four teams in each division. It's going to be really really fun to see how that turns out. Man, really exciting time. So now let's jump down to uh, Class Three Division One. Uh, one of the other districts that we mentioned at the top of the show, at the top of the show, District Eight in Class Three Division One, the three and six Fairfield Eagles will travel over to take on the Tig Lions at six and three. Uh, Fairfield is really fighting. If they if they're able to win this game, they'll be fighting for the pl- for the number three playoff seed. I think that's where they would cap out here. But and they still have a chance to make the playoffs should they lose because they hold the tiebreaker over Mejia as well. And Tig could be fighting for their playoff lives overall. I mean, they, they might have secured their spot. I'm not exactly sure. because well, Mejia they, will have the tiebreaker over Tig if they lose. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll, although Tig beat Grosbeck, which will be the number two playoff seed out of this district, they could still not make the playoffs. So a lot to fight for for both teams. Um yeah, again, you, like you said, Mejia holds the tiebreaker over Tig. But ever since that, ever since that loss to Mejia just a couple weeks ago, Tig has two nice back-to-back wins. I think they'll be fine. I, th- I think they'll be favored in this matchup, and I'm probably going to take Tig in this one. Yeah, and you know, uh, Fairfield's got a pretty good pass-catch combo with yep. uh, uh, Cam Cockrell and Finn Smith. Mm-hmm. Tig has had a really. A, a, for the most part, a stingy little defense. So I think that's your matchup you're looking at yeah. there. And, uh, you know, if Tig does win, you're looking at a, a first-round matchup with Tig and West, which would be primo, I think. That would be yeah. a good one. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, you know, I haven't seen Fairfield play. I've seen uh, a, a handful of clips from Tig, the, the quarterback, Leha. They got, a, they got a group of running backs that, you know, they like to run the ball. They don't throw it a whole lot. Uh, and I think you you probably right. You know, but Fairfield's been playing well here lately, so mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot closer than most people think. But I'll go with the the Lions. Yeah, and I will as well. And Tig, even if they win, they'll probably they'll. Well, could, could they get the number two they seed? Could number two, they could get the number two seed as well. So yeah, you know, they could be facing, like you said, a West in the first round, and then Fairfield. You know, if they they lose again, they still hold the tiebreaker over Mejia, so they'll probably be in the playoffs regardless of the result of the game but you know to get into that spot they'd run into Granby in the first round which would not be an ideal matchup for the Eagles but still a lot that's the intrigue in this game both teams have a lot to play for when it comes to seeding and you know Teague again has a chance to finish a cap off with the number two playoff seed which would reset them up for a much more favorable run come yeah, playoff I mean, time you know Malakoff or Grossbeck finishes off with Malakoff so yep. you kind of yeah Grit your teeth in that one. An L for Coach Bomar. Nothing against the Goats. That's just Malakoff again. We've said it all season. They're just on a whole different level. And honestly, with the if the playoff brackets, you know, break, we could be looking at a Brock Malakoff semifinal on the on the west side of this bracket. Especially with Brock's going to be playing all out because after the numbers, this is going to be their last year in three Division One. And then to replace them in Region One. You know who else is moving up from Division Two? How about the Gunner Tigers? Well, that may not. You know, they're on la- last realignments line. And oh, that's a good one. The new numbers. A are lot right of on. times they'll move up. 10 they're right or on the line or something. I mean, it could happen. You know, I saw but they're some, right on the border. I saw there. some predictions from Padilla saying that the three AD two line is going to be three hundred and seventy nine. Well, if you if that is the case, 
and you look at who's turned in their realignment mm-hmm. numbers now, when you get – because they won about 100 teams in each division. That's what they've tried to do. Yeah. You're well up into the mid-600s by the time you mm-hmm. get 100 teams. Now, not everybody's turned their, their stuff in, and, and you got charter schools like Gateway and Inspired Vision that – I don't even know if they turn in numbers. They just yeah. they just have to play up a division or whatever. So I don't. I think three seventy nine is a little high, and, and I'm not doubting uh, Carl Padilla because he he's forgot a hundred times more stuff than I know. Yeah, but three seventy nine seems a little high. But we'll see. And you know who knows? It's just I like pro, you know projections. Uh, you know I eat that stuff up. So. Yeah, exactly. And then who knows? Like it's probably not going to happen. But who knows? They could just. Know, drop a freaking bomb and everyone say hey we're gonna release 7a this year yeah. and that'll that'll change everything up so that'll be something to keep in the back of the mind as well but yeah we'll both take tig in this one over Mejia or not Mejia fairfield rather but again two through four it could literally between those three teams end up in you know several different ways yeah, just several just, scenarios because Mejia they've already played their 10th game yep. they they so they will not play this so week we're hoping for a, a tig line loss yes absolutely to to stay in the playoffs so we'll we'll see how that one turns out you know again six and three and three sixteen but both teams a lot to play for and this again these in this district you know you know, under Malakoff, they've kind of just been beating each other up. It's been a really fun district to keep an eye on. So we'll see how the seating turns out in that one. The biggest game in that district when it comes to uh, playoff seating implications. Now let's jump back up to Class 4A, where we have a top 10 match of the newly ranked La Vega Pirates coming in at number 10. We'll take on the Stephenville Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets coming off a big win, uh, 31-7 over Alvarado and uh, La Vega coming off a big win of their own and they really have a chance to shake shake things up in this district Kenny uh, they've entered the top 10 for the rankings again and again their only loss in district play has been a three-point loss to China Spring and a China Spring team that lost to this very same Stephenville team so and again this is another one of those districts although it's a small district the top three or four teams have really just been beating each other up yeah I think the key to this game is who can get some stops yep. you know Waxahachie Live scored a lot of points against Stephenville last week a lot of points yeah La Vega's defense hasn't been what it has been in the past this year. Uh, you know, the quarterback, Thornton, is a great athlete. He can run, throw. Uh, of course, they got Bryson Rowland. We, we've talked about him a hundred times. Uh, he's going to get his yards. Yep. Uh, and then you look at Stephenville, and they got the three-headed monster in Gafford, Maruska, and uh, Gentry. Their defense, you know, they I think they did a great job against China Spring in the first half, and, you know, China Spring ended up scoring a few. But last week, you know, I, don't, I didn't break it down. Maybe a lot of those points were, tra- you know, trash time. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think Steamville's kind of hot right now. Would yeah. not surprise me at all if La Vega goes out there and nope. beats them. Just the way they're just eating each other in that district. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll go with the, the Yellow Jackets in this. Yeah, I think, I think La Vega is, despite Stephenville's win against China Spring, that, that was probably their best defensive performance of the entire season, holding that China Spring offense to just 21 points. And, again, a lot of those were in garbage time, uh, like we mentioned before. But you know, this La Vega team, they can score, man, because they have a lot of weapons. It's not just Bryson Rowland. They have uh, Junior Thornton, the quarterback as well, and then his younger brother on the offensive staff as well. So there's just a lot to keep an eye on on this one. Uh, I think this is going to be a shootout. I really think I will. it is. But I think towards the end, Stephenville, I think they're really glad to have this game at home. I think they'll pull away towards the end and uh, secure their uh, outright district championship, which will, again, naturally with the number one seed in most cases, pair them with a very favorable first-round matchup 
uh, with either Lake Worth or Fort Worth Eastern Hills. Yeah, and honestly, you want to win this district because you want to be on the top end of that Region 2 bracket yep. because if you're on the bottom end, you're going to end up facing one of your district foes in the third round. So. Mm. You and know. in this district, that's the last yeah. thing you want. <laughs> so, and then uh, with La Vega, uh, with th- if things break the way we think, and they finish with a number three seed, they would e- for the second year in a row they could have a a rematch with Kennedale, and that that worked well for them last year. They they lost to Kennedale in the. Um, earlier in the season last year and then end up beating them in the playoffs and i think i can't remember they played earlier this year i think they beat kennedale they did beat kennedale yeah but in last year they beat them in the regular season and kennedale beat them in the playoffs oh that's what it was okay so i had it backwards well if la vega finishes third they'll see china spring in the third round Mm -hmm. and that's dicey yeah, absolutely. And then, but again, it could not be Canada again. I mean, they, they could see Salina in the second round if they finish third. So they yeah. may not make it to China Spring. Yeah, but the, the, there's a chance that they don't play Canada as well. That Canada Fort Worth Dunbar game will kind of settle uh, whoever gets the number three seed out of this district. But, yeah. you know, I think top to bottom, you know, this, you know, China Spring, La Vega, China, Stephenville district kind of trounces the other one regardless. Uh, but we'll uh, keep an eye on that one. It, a lot of points will be scored in that one if there's one thing you know that Kennedale if there's a Kennedale Alvarado first round game oh my goodness I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Alvarado uh I think they've already played this year as well let me let me double check that real quick I think they did play earlier in the year it might have been the season opener no it was week two and Alvarado won that one at home 47 to 7 so that would be if you're the Indians there that's kind of an ideal matchup that you want although that Kennedale team going into that game would have revenge on their minds but winning by 40 now again teams every team is completely different a week from to now than they were in week two absolutely and you know especially with how Kennedale lost that game back in week two they might want this Alvarado team again so we'll, we'll see how that breaks out so you know just again really exciting talking about how the potential playoffs you know pairings and, and stuff as the playoffs start next week here in the state of texas but again we will both take uh or I, i'm taking stevenville this one are you taking who are you yeah taking? i'm gonna take stevenville so we'll both take the yellow jackets in this one now let's jump over up to class 5a division two and same story as last year university in belton fighting at least for belton for the district champion for the district championship but again this district is crazy because still in the very last week of the season all seven teams mathematically <laughs> still have a chance to make the playoffs kenny golly i wouldn't want to have to analyze all those different playoff <laughs> scenarios but you, you know you look at uh university and you know the london smith just immediately comes yep. to my mind what, what a heck of an athlete and uh i think it comes down to can university contain reese rumfeld you know he mm-hmm. like i've said it about the uh uh, Leha and 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 Cameron Cockrell at Fairfield. He is a true dual threat guy. He's gonna mm-hmm. he can run the ball. He can uh, he can throw it around. And can Belton contain Ladarius Evans and Bynum mm-hmm. at quarterback and, and London Smith? Uh, the defenses have played well at times this year, uh, but I just don't know who's gonna win this game. I have no clue. The really only head scratcher for University was that loss to Pflugerville, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's still Pflugerville's only win of the season uh, when they beat uh, University by four points. 
uh, I think almost a month ago now. But ever since that, for University, they've rattled off three straight wins, including defeating a previously unbeaten Leander Rouse team. That really, at the time, because Leander Rouse has a win over Belton, they were in the driver's seat to take an out- outright district championship before University halted their plans out there and just kind of created this chaos in this district with st- yeah. with I think because that win really set in motion the fact that every single team again you want to talk about the districts where everyone beats the hell out of each other they still all have a chance to make the playoffs and then university if they win this game they will claim at least a share of the district title which would be their first since 1996 you know who the running back of that 1996 university team I'm was go on a limb and say it was Ladanian Tomlinson. it was Ladanian Tomlinson the last time Leroy Coleman was probably the coach Probably in 1996. And you weren't even born then. I was not born. My uh, my parents. <laughs> I don't think my parents had even met yet. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while to say the least. So, uh, university they have a lot to play for. Belton has a lot to play for. Both teams fighting for at least a share of the district title. And again, the winner of this district. Again, a favorable matchup. I think one through four in this district kind of has a favorable matchup, except for the number four seed because they'll run into an unbeaten Austin LBJ team. But the, again, this district that they're lined up with is all L, all Austin schools. So the winner of this game, or whoever finishes with the number one seed in the di- district in this district, would either be paired with they'll be paired with the winner of or the loser rather of Austin Travis or La- or the Austin Leadership and Science Academy so and that's a favorable matchup for regardless so again university a lot to play for I think Coach Johnson, his first year's university, especially on the defensive side of the ball, has left his mark. You know, the the leader of this Trojan offense last year was Jay Sean Mangani, uh, but he, a military family, his family moved back to Georgia, which I think is where their family's from. So uh, they they brought in I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the quarterback that they've had this year has been absolutely phenomenal for Bynum. them. This is last. That's year. right. Bynum. That's right. He's been phenomenal for the Trojans at quarterback this year, and they have a chance. You know, you look at how this game was played out last year, pretty much the exact same scenario which is how crazy the seeding implications were even at this time last year now it wasn't mathematically where all seven teams had a chance crazy but it was still the top five or six teams still had a chance and university you know they took the lead with I think it was like a minute and a half left and then they let Belton drive down the field and as time expired kicked a game-winning field goal to win 36-35 which was an absolute heartbreaking loss for the Trojans and dropped them down at the time to the number three playoff seed and that actually although despite being the lower seed in the playoffs they still got their first playoff win in about 14 or 15 years at the time so yeah with how they lo- I'm sorry I didn't no, 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 with, with how University lost that game last year. They still have a lot, although they don't have Mangani back, they still have a lot of those core players on a very young University team from last year. And you best believe that revenge is on their minds and they're going to fight for a district championship in this one. Yeah, and you want the district championship and then you also don't want to have to play Montgomery Lake Creek in the second round, yep. which is a top two or three team in 5AD2. So, yeah, there's a lot on the line in this game. I'm going to go with University. I, I, I am think as it's well. Their time. I think I think they've uh, they played well uh, the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to go with them. I think this is a very motivated team. I think that loss to Pflugerville really set in motion this run that they're on right now because I think it one I think it humbled the team because they were on a, a run before that as well. And I think this kind of 
that win might look they might look back on it as a blessing in disguise that kind of said them hey we, we should have won that game you know and we still control our own destiny we know we're a darn good football team we're seven and two we have a chance to win also win eight games for the for the first time since 1996 so the trojans are playing for a lot i think they're going to be although belton of course eight and one they're going to be motivated as well but i think there is a you know, crap ton of motivation for this university team to go out there and win this game, I think. And they're going to be on the road this year as well. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So, well, they're going to kind of want to see if they can do what Belton did last year, go into their house and steal a district championship from them. So keep it on this one. We'll both take the university Trojans uh, to claim the at least a share of the district title. And now let's jump back down to Class 3A Division 1 for our final game of the Week 11 preview. How about 8-1 Little River Academy at 8-1 Franklin? What do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, you know, I just think can Franklin get – or can Little River Academy get Franklin off the field? You know, not let those guys run, run it down their throat, eat that clock up. Uh, you know, Frank, if you look at Little River, they, they got an 18-point loss to Lorena. That's the only loss they have mm-hmm. on the year. Uh, I think – Little River matched up in size on the front line with uh, Lorena, probably better than most teams that Lorena played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've got a really good quarterback in Casey Mraz. I think they got a tremendous running back in Kabali Neely. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Franklin, they've got a really tremendous running back in Jaden Jackson. I think his little brother's name's Tank Jackson. He's a heck of a football player. I think Little River will give them a game. You know, I don't yeah. think, I don't, I know uh, Franklin may be pissed off after they lost to Lorena and kind of. The bubbles burst, and now they don't have to worry about it anymore. They can go out there and play, blah, blah, blah. But I think Little River gives them a game. You know, uh, they haven't really been in a whole lot. Of, you know, Little River's handled themselves pretty well yeah. this year. You know, they, they can go out there and smoke some folks, and I don't think they're going to go uh, get blown out this weekend. But I just – I'm going to stick with Franklin just because, you know, they're a pretty solid ball club. And – I think Little River will probably give them everything they want, but I think Franklin ends up winning. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as you alluded to, both teams' only loss on the season, both came in district play to Lorena. So this game will be a battle for that number two playoff seed, which again, kind of pick your poison when you look at that district they're lined up with. Man, those those playoff scenarios in that league, that that region. I mean, think about it last year. Hitchcock, Little River, if Little River loses. I mean, last year's by district matchup last year was – Columbus and the at the time defending state champions in Lorena yeah. and then Columbus ended up winning that one and making a run of their own mm-hmm. uh, but you know we, we there's a good chance that we might see depending on how everything breaks off we could see another a, a Lorena Franklin rematch or a Lorena or Academy rematch or vice versa something like yeah. that and, you know there's just over there in region three there's just so many ways that this could break but again both teams they're only lost to Lorena and Academy has routed off three straight wins since their loss to Lorena and then Franklin they played Lorena two weeks ago and lost uh, in a heartbreaker of 52 49 and they bounced back by beating Cameron Yo by 45 last week yeah. and again Again, this is going to be a battle for the number two playoff seed. If whoever takes the number two seed will probably face either Yoakum or Hallettsville, and that's a tough matchup. And then the number three seed will face a team that's been in the top ten most of the season, Hitchcock as well. So yeah, just un- unbelievable matchups. And and you got to feel sorry for whoever is going to be the four seed in the district because they're going to be running into Columbus. Well, if you know Franklin gets second in that district, you're going to look at a third-round matchup could be possibly of Hitchcock, Franklin, and then Lorena Columbus. <laughs> oh I mean, I gosh. don't know that there's a top uh, – uh, 
a region that deep those, in 3A. Those, those could all it. be state championship yeah. matches. Yep. That, that, that's just how, how high quality those games would be. Um, but who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm going to go Franklin. I'm yeah. gonna I take think Franklin Lorena will well. give them just about everything they want, but I think Franklin probably Yeah, yeah I think ahead. I think Academy will push them for – I think they'll push them for the first half and then kind of like towards the – as as the second half rolls along, I think Franklin will do what Franklin does, kind of start wiring them down, uh, running the clock, and kind of keep them at arm's length throughout the second half. But, yeah, keep an eye on this one. A lot of playoff seating implications, two, two through four, uh, in this district as well. And, again, that district that they're lined up with is just going to be unbelievable. Those first first three rounds of the playoffs in these matchups. It's going to be unbelievable to see how that breaks off. But that will do it for our Week 11 preview. Now let's go ahead and jump into our Week 11 Pickums. As always, joining us on the Pickums will be the former sports director at KCEN Channel 6 in Waco, Curtis Quillen. And let's jump into the Week 11 Pickums. We got Harker Heights at Bryan. I'm going to take the Knights in this one. Who do you Yeah, got? we got those across the board, the old Harker Heights Knights. Granberry at Shoemaker. Give me the shoe here. Yeah, same. Shoe across the board. Colleen at Waco. Give me the kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos. And uh, Connolly at Robinson. I know you and I have Connolly. What say, Curtis? He's got Connolly also. University of Belton. Trojans for you and me. What about Curtis? He's got the Tigers. Wortham at Dawson. I'm going to go Wortham here in the Battle of the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm going to go Dawson. Uh, Curtis is going Wortham. Salado at Madisonville. Who do y'all got here? We got Madisonville. I'll take the Mustangs as well. Lake Belton at Ellison. Lake. Lake for me as well. And Curtis has Lake as well. Uh, Lexington at Buffalo. Give me the Eagles here. Yeah, across the board. And Valley Mills at Marlin. I'll take Marlin in this one. Yeah, Marlin. Fairfield at Tig. Lions. Lions for me as well. Then Riesel at Bosqueville. I got Riesel big in this one. Yeah, we got the Indians. McGregor at Rockdale. Interesting matchup here. Who do you got in this one? I got Rockdale. I think, you know, I think Rockdale, I think they're, they've got that fourth seed. In, uh, well, I may have to go look. Uh, Check the wonder, battle of the bell. I wonder if Yo's got to beat. Uh, yeah, it may be a tiebreaker and there's no way they can. But, yeah, I got Rockdale. Yeah, I'll take Rockdale. Uh, as well. Then we have uh, Cameron Yo at Troy. Who do you have in this one? I got Yo. Curtis has Troy. I'm going to take Troy in this one. And then Grosbeck at Malakoff. Malakoff big here. Yeah. And then one of the games we talked about earlier as well, La Vega at Stephenville. I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets in yeah, this one. we all got the Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets across the board. And that will do it for the Week 11 Pick'ems. And that will do it – oh, I'm sorry. We got to release the standings as well. Yeah, we, we can we, update our standings. So, so where, where are we at? So this is this is through Week 10 last week. So yeah. what do we got? Uh, you have 167. Jay Black slash Curtis yeah. Quillen have 165. Mm-hmm. And I've got 166. So literally a one point yeah. apart. So, and I'm leading. Let's go. And hopefully I'll be leading after week 11 as well. But that again, that'll do it for us here on the week 11 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast, the final week of the 2003 Texas High School football regular season. The playoffs are just above the horizon. And we want to thank you again for tuning in uh, to us throughout the regular 
regular season and hope you'll stick with us through what will undoubtedly be an exciting playoff push here in Central Texas on the CTFP. We'll bring you as much coverage as we always do here on the CTFP. Thanks again to our guest today for the Matt Step Question of the Week and Curtis Quillen for joining us on the Weekly Pick'ems. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox, and we will talk to you all next week. Spitting at the Nicky Jacks, businessman with a needle and a spoon. Coyote chewing on a cigarette pack of young boys going howling at the moon.